Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Oh, one of the main things I miss from my youth is guilt-free cereal eating, thinking you're eating something healthy that's supposed to start your day and realizing it was just dessert at 7 a.m. before going to school. But now, luckily, thanks to Magic Spoon, I can have cereal without having to be uh, have an insane insulin spike. I can have cereal for dessert. I can don't have to fight over with my brothers over which is the best cereal anymore. I can come home, coming home, just want to put on Bud Friedman's Evening at the Improv and eat a bowl of cereal. But now, as an adult, I can put on whatever I want due to streaming services. And eat a bowl of cereal because of Magic Spoon. They got zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. 140 calories a serving. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, GMO-free. And you could build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. I like mixing cocoa and blueberry and recently have been messing with cocoa. I mean, sorry, cocoa and peanut butter, but recently I've been messing with uh, co- cocoa and blueberry. Ooh, go to magicspoon.com slash ham to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code ham at checkout to save $5 off your order. And magic spoon is so confident in their product. It's back with a hundred percent happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash ham and use the code ham to get $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Thank you. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, standing six foot two from Nassau County, Long Island. He's the number one. Boy. Johnny G. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson Maine making an appearance. Also joining me in the Heinemeister series, my nearly signed co-host Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. I am ruining everyone's WFH experience in my apartment complex. 
And speaking of ruining someone's experience, here is Dor, high and mighty guest, also joining me in the high and mighty studios. He's a writer, a game show host. Holy shit, my first one on the pod, potentially. He's fucking funny as hell, and we have something in common, which you're about to hear about for way too fucking long. If from home, actually, it's Michael Trapp. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I, I was like, what's going to be funnier if I just come in with the lowest possible energy after that? Or <laughs> I split Hello. the difference. It's just the least funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> I chose the energy. path most taken. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Frost is furious with you. <laughs> How dare you? I wrote a whole poem about this, you idiot. <laughs> Michael fucking Trap, I haven't seen you since we taped um, Actuallys in person. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a really long time. It's been a very long time. <laughs> and I have been listening to and reading some fantasy novels in the quarantine with my newfound time. Ooh, and yeah. I found myself dying to talk to someone about it. And then I was like, <laughs> let me email Trap, just ask him what he's reading. And I'm like, wait a minute. Let, oh, and then what happened was Sam emailed me about um actually the game coming out and I'm like ooh now trap has a reason to talk to me <laughs> he's got something out. to promote he'll have to come on my podcast <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where my brain went I was like well honestly to let you in so I'm not fully a cocky monster but it was yeah. like well now I feel less bad asking him to be on my podcast it's like it's, it's like the shame I feel from asking someone to do my podcast which is just base level intense for some reason is lessened <laughs> depending on how close they are to me or how obviously they have a project coming you know what I mean like yeah, hey, yeah, I see yeah. you have a book coming out would you want to come on my podcast and talk about it it's like yeah of course we've been friends for 15 years Gabers you don't have to dress it up with the book I'm like I know I just don't want to ask anyone for anything ever. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I, I like I love getting asked to do podcasts. It feels like a like a stamp of approval from from uh, someone I I I like. You know, to, to someone be like, hey, you, I I believe that if I put a microphone in front of you, you'll be at least a little entertaining for an hour. It is like, oh, great. Yeah, that's all I've aspired to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would love to I, be At least a little entertaining for 45 to 65 yeah, minutes. My bar is real low. <laughs> that's a great pull quote for like your comedy special. It's at least entertaining for most of it. <laughs> wow. There's like four caveats in that one. Uh, yeah. Compliment. It's like, oh, he's really, I, I mean, I guess I, we can be certain he's delivering what he's promises because he's so <laughs> honest about what it is yeah all right sure well i'll tell you what we're not going to be let down by this guy <laughs> we could only be surprised uh i i'm a terrible reader and audiobooks open that i i was an amazing reader when i lived in new york and i'm sure mm. this is just rote at this point but moving to california and driving kind of and then it's a muscle that goes away yeah it turns out i didn't realize until i in this quarantine was like i have to get books back into my life and the only way I can guarantee I'll read something is if it's candy. And candy to me is fantasy novels, specifically mm. Might and Magic, Swords and Sorcery. Real like high fantasy, high bunch fantasy of elves blasting blast magic at each other, yeah, that kind of I shit. I want multi-syllabic uh, proper <laughs> nouns that I say wrong for a decade until I listen to the audiobook and yeah, go, and like, oh, oh, that, oh, that makes okay, way God. more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying magic missile. <laughs> okay, no, right, sure. It's a it's a real word. Yeah. Oh, that makes way more sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what well, have you been reading? Well, I re-listened to every of of the R. A. Salvatore Drizzt novels, oh, which okay. is now like twenty something novels, and I had read 
like a majority of them. I had read 12 to four to five trilogies in my life. (laughs) And then was like, oh shit, there's way more than I ever imagined. Like R.A. Salvatore is like on a Stephen King work ethic kind of situation. Yeah. So I just just turning them out. Yeah, it's truly. And I just banged through them and I listened to, you know, like 15 books back to back to back to back from the same, (laughs) all all, the entire, every trilogy read by Victor Bavine great uh, audiobook reader one trilogy read by a different author a uh, different mm. reader and they pronounced names differently oh no and i was like no 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 you got to at least listen to the other books to say like it's bruner battlehammer you're saying bruinor i know who you're referring to but i just listened <laughs> to 14 books where the guy said it the other way so please you're fucking me up here and it was it, 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 jarring i couldn't believe how cozy i was with <laughs> what i thought was confident in the pronunciation i um i've never read any of the 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 drizzed books but um but my wife who um uh, she she works in book publishing. She's a freelance a proofreader and copy editor. She's um she's copy edited a couple of the Drizzt books. Um, so uh, some, of the, some of the more recent ones. And so it's it's uh I know like a little bit about it just from like <laughs> general nerd osmosis. You know, like things drip drip down into me. Uh, but also from her, which is like it, that. Like I, I was talking with her about it. It's like oh, it's such a crazy thing to have to do because like she's she's very you know she's very good about checking like continuity and and timelines and things like that and like that's hard enough in just like a regular book but then it's like right. this is a series that's been going on for like 20 years I mean, it's like she had to get like a cra- like she had to crash course and be like okay like i remember there one time she was being okay so like i i'm trying to figure out like what his swords are called now because they were called something different but then they were like cursed and they were broken and then reforged and they were called something new during that period but then they got swapped out and i'm trying to figure out at this point in the timeline whether this is the correct term for that particular sword i just gotta know is he still carrying uh twinkle and icing twinkle. death or do yes. they have different names now <laughs> yes i know both of drizzit's scimitar names uh that's really fun. I I think you had mentioned that to me too that uh, she had worked on that stuff because I'm imagining being a copy editor and being like, oh yes, and like you like a notes call where you're like, so Gauntelgrim is yeah. a <laughs> mythical place or also a geographical locate. Like having to have those questions must be such a fucking kick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like she like luckily she likes fantasy novels too so she like has the language for it and like she yeah. like she's like you know she's like into it um what a brutal uh, job if you weren't <laughs> like- yes for sure because like you have to like you know she's she's done some projects that like i'm like i'm now just like describing someone else's job and it's like oh, like so it's already like, like kind of removed through it but like i know she's done like some sci-fi projects where it's just like you know you get like the style sheet at the front where it's like okay here's how we're spelling all these character names and here's how we're doing this and like you know, when you're doing like a time travel book or like, yeah. or like, the, like everything's in a different language. And it's like, okay, I got to copy edit this, this constructed language that doesn't act like only exists within this book, but I have to be consistent. Like that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, it's a trip, you know? <laughs> uh, the, uh, one thing about listening to this series again, uh, starting it off and listening, I was like, Oh, there was a reason I was able to read this in sixth grade. Like I was, <laughs> I was a smart kid, but not like preternaturally smart. So for yeah. me, r- listening to it as like a thirty-five-year-old, thirty-seven-year-old man, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, this is super simple." And then also on like book twenty-four, it's like, 
he's survived everything and he's gathered like all these magic items and capabilities over like these many adventures. It's like <laughs> having a level 60 warlock. You know what I mean? Like he's like it's a, a one real D and D campaign yes, where, yes. where someone is like, it's like, well, you're level 20 now and nothing can kill. You're basically a God roaming through space. And like, maybe if I throw a hundred goblins, you know, like just yeah, and, some, then, yeah. and then the books do that shit too, where it's like, how can he improve his arsenal? He has like every, and it's like, what about Toriel, the heart seeker? He can have like a magical bow that he gets from Caddy Bree when Caddy Bree decides, because she's been in eight books now as a warrior, we got to get her into the wizardry world. <laughs> like they, the characters, and this is how crazy uh, R.A. Salvatore got in like one of the later books, characters who have died, including, and then also characters who are alive are all reborn in new bodies that's some that's some dungeon master shit right there it's just like yes. i gotta figure out how to make this work i gotta <laughs> right and it's like it, it reeks of like a campaign of like okay and it's like bruner bruner battlehammer you're coming back as a dwarf but you have all of your extensive knowledge of bruner <laughs> where you've been a king for 300 years with all these magic items and shit and now you're like a kid trying to be in the dwarven army or you're a girl learning or a young uh, dark elf like and all these people like relearning and so they get to like it's like power leveling almost it's like go yeah. back to the beginning of the game at level 60 and blow <laughs> through it you know and so they, they fabricate like items like new and it's like finally they have a, a thing on his belt so like they create his backpack that holds magical items so that your character can have like in like in every rpg and D yeah yeah D &D your, your big bag of holding that could just <laughs> right. have like like a thousand pounds of stuff in there it's like oh yeah i could put a whole house in here if i want yeah. to Who cares? i switch into my plate mail okay yeah <laughs> you have that on yeah i did it right before the fight started i know i didn't say anything but i wasn't walking in it like oh, yeah okay. which like to to like uh the one of the reasons i like doing them actually is like it gives me a and i guess for, for back for anyone who's not familiar i'm actually is a game show i host and and it's it's all like nerd shit basically um but like part of the reason it started was because like i would have like ideas for sketches that i was like this is too neat like this is too nerdy and niche that like even for college humor which would do like you know, it, it eventually kind of veered away from it. Like early college humor was like a lot of like, oh, you know, what if Mario got stuck in a pipe kind of shit, you know, like yeah. that, that basic ass shit. But like, um, but I would have it was these, like, like uh, here, I can, I can, I can roast college humor super specifically as someone yeah. who worked there on and off for 15 years. Please. Uh, it's uh, what if Mario and Luigi were uh, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie's actual <laughs> plumbers. It's like something nerdy and uh, uh, and something modern and pop culture-y smashed together. It's like, uh, what about Tetris and hybrid cars? It's like, yes. yep, got it. That's, yeah, cool. We, we can make right. that work. Just we a big old blender. To do this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two things. I like. I would. I would make fun of it too because I like. I was constantly trying to steer us away, steer things away from like what I, I call it. Just two things. Yeah. You know, or it's like it's like there has there has to be something to connect the two things. Like there, like I don't care if it's the smallest possible thing, but there has to be a connection to be, to be like oh right that's why we're doing these two things together um but yeah like I, I would i would have these these moments of just like thinking about like it's like oh trying to find something in just like my backpack is often just like oh what the fuck's in here and like trying to do like a bag of holding where there's like a million things that are possibly in there and it's like oh it would be kind of fun to do like some some sketch about like 
trying to find the right object in the bag of holding at the right time. And it's like, that is so specific. And so, yeah, just like pulling out shit. It's like, ah, shit. No, I know it's in here. Like army rushing at you. It's like, no, 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 it's in here somewhere. It's in here. I swear it is. Ooh, gum. You know? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> like trying to get the fucking uh, parking pass out of your pocket or something. Like, you know, yeah. like when you're at the leaving a parking lot you got to pay and you're like your wife's like it's in my bag i'm like well get it and she's like yeah, i yeah. can't find it cars like, oh. honking at <laughs> yeah. you it's immediately way more stressful than anything you've done in your life I'm like yeah. my, my life is so low stress that it is kind of <laughs> intense to leave a parking lot for me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so like there'd be these these things where like that where it's like oh that sounds like kind of a fun thing and then i would think for 30 more seconds it'd be like no, like if we did that video, the first comment would be like, what's a bag of holding? Yeah, it's like, two and oh, a half yeah, minute, $10,000 budget <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sketch about the, a bag of holding. It's like, well, maybe I could pack this into a game, uh, a, a, a series of jokes. Yes, exactly. Make- it's like, this will be one thing we talk about for two minutes in a larger thing and I can <laughs> yeah. get away with it there. Oh man, a fucking fantasy world sketch show would be so i mean that's like been my lifelong dream crod mondoon and uh your highness both ruined oh, sure. him but those are like I, my I, lifelong dr- do you know kevin hart is one of the actors in crod mondoon really i don't remember anything about it except that it was coming out and i was like shit a fantasy comedy show and then it was so bad and you're like oh yes. man i i remember <laughs> um uh when uh, when dropout was first launching which was college humor's subscription platform and we were just like kind of like looking for ideas and it's like okay it should be something that like should like like fairly inexpensive so we can get away with it on our budget but like look pretty cool and i was like it's like there exists shows like I have a template for you, like shows that are dirt cheap to produce, but look super cool. And those are like the old like Xena and Hercules. Shit, yeah, it's like, yeah. You're just roaming around a field with one sword and then like you, you <laughs> right. figure out the, the story from there. You know, like you make it look like fan- if we just go to Griffith Park, like we can be yeah. in a fantasy world. <laughs> right, and right. like and the the development person at the time was like, I was like, uh, that exists. It was called Crop Man Dune and it was the worst thing ever. It's like, all right, fine. Cool. We don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> fine i'll fine. write my own well funny you mentioned xena and hercules i love those shows growing up and yeah they were like and kung fu the legend continues i guess they were all kind of built on that old western format that ha- have gone well travel which now mandalorian is doing yes in the in a great way in a way that's making me enjoy a star wars property more than i have since jedi like i haven't uh, like yeah i haven't I liked something true. from star wars this much and it's because it lowered its own stakes in a weird way. Like, yeah. And the thing that, I mean, the thing that I think is so appealing about it is, and, and I guess like fantasy novels in general for me is like the big appeal for me is like, you've created a whole world. You've created like the biggest place. And like, and like there's surprises and adventure around every corner. Like that's like part of the appeal. And like the, I think that part of the reason some of like the later the later Star Wars felt a little disappointing was because it was like it shrunk that universe down. It was like, hey, like it's like, wow, you've got a whole galaxy of stuff. And like, who knows what's on this moon and that moon? What's that alien? Who are we gonna see in this bar? And it was like, what if it's like every family is a Skywalker? And it's like, no, show me something else, you know? Right, right. And like, right, it's like, yeah. oh, this place, it's like, ah, oh. it's like, have you ever seen? It's like, we got this new planet called Jakku. It's like, oh, really? Tell me more. It's like, it's a desert planet. It's like, <laughs> fuck, I've seen this before, <laughs> yeah. you motherfucker. Yeah, the beach, <laughs> the tropical island planet in rogue one fucking slaps for that reason because you're like yes they haven't done beaches in star wars (laughs) show me tropical island planet (laughs) yeah 
Uh, but I think like Mandalorian like kind of re embraced that a little bit more, being like, yeah, it's a whole fucking galaxy. Like let's like each episode is going to be a new adventure. We're going to do something new and crazy, and it will resolve quickly. And like, and it has more of that like oh, we are on an adventure in a strange place I haven't seen before, and this rules. <laughs> yeah, and it's not so beholden to the other... I, and this is my complaint about, like, reboots and uh, prequels and shit. Uh, yeah. Sequels and prequels and shit, where it's like, it's not beholden to anything else in the story. Minorly, some rules and some timeline stuff, but by blowing it out, and it's like him not exclusively interacting with someone in the Skywalker or Solo family yes. allows you to like make some choices that are less safe because you're like, oh, well, if someone, if this is Han Solo as a kid, he's not going to fucking die in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> and I'm not going to give a fuck when he gets the fucking dice because that's not so, like that. And oh, all God, that, I hate like, that. I hate that shit so much. The stuff that's like, it's like, and it's it, just the constant like self-satisfied winking that you get in prequels of of being like of like and don't you see that's the story of how he got his name and like yeah, that's out it's like, something no one cared about yes like, <laughs> well guess what that thing you never thought about was actually something important from his past and you're like thank you i think if anyone who's done a lot of improv that, that shit doesn't work on you because you've done like the Avente and like the reverse callback kind of exercises yes. where you're like the seed, as I, I always called it seed planting, where you're like, yeah. we know we have to get to this eventually. So tease it here because we know what the ending of this show is because that's the premise of this show. So it's like. It's, it's totally a different genre, but I, I always think of it. I, I call it like the Jersey Boys. Because if, if you've seen the musical Jersey Boys, <laughs> the whole show is just that. It's a bunch of like, it's like, oh, yeah, here's the story. Of how the Four Seasons got together. <laughs> And then like, and it'll always be like, sort of, you know, it's like, and as I was looking around, I was thinking to myself, oh, what a night. Yeah, and like it's wink the, at the audience. And then like, here we go. It's, it's like the jukebox musical. Is, yeah, yeah, it's the jukebox musical law because that shit have, I saw the short lived, got free tickets to it. It was like only open for a month, the Beach Boys musical. Uh -huh. And it was called Good Vibrations. And it literally was like, hey. Don't forget, later on today, we have that drag race and then the surfing contest. And it's like, oh, you're going to do the car songs in the first half and the beach songs in the second half. Got it. Like, it's yeah. so transparent. It's just and, a, whole, a whole audience of Beach Boys fans just jerking off. Look at right. this is what we want. It doesn't have to be like, I don't have to watch Anthony move out of his house in the Billy Joel musical. <laughs> it could be a song that kind of inspires a mood of a scene, but it doesn't have to be like, well, he's, uh, I wrote a web series a long time ago. It never went anywhere, but it was like the stories behind songs, like based on like the VH1 uh, storytellers thing. Yeah. Was the true stories behind music. And it was just like, always the most transparent it's like hey look you're the gambler so you better know when to hold them and know when to fold them and then kenny rogers is like it was just hey, like the wait. dumb <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that moment of like wait that sound gives me an idea for a song it's just like the, the most, most hack cheesy. transparent shit yeah. <laughs> uh one of the things that i first saw that set that all up for me and this ties in two previous things we were just talking about someone gave me george lucas in love the Shakespeare in Love short film parody that someone made in like <laughs> the mid 90s or early 2000s. Someone gave it to me on DVD. It was like 20 minutes. Yeah. I was like, I'm a diehard Star, Star Wars fan. I'll watch this. I put it in and it's George Lucas in college and his annoying RA has asthma and is like, <sighs> George. Oh. Uh, and then it's like, 
two guys are working on their car, and one is a big, long-haired guy with a beard, and another's a handsome dude. It's in a just vest. nothing but that's no, a whole movie of nods. It's like it's a whole movie of nods, which is sort of mocking Shakespeare in Love, which has that a little bit. Sure. But this the movie ends with. Jesus Christ, someone shut that duck up or something. It's like, quiet, Howard. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like a, oh, cool. I, this has got me thrilled. This is like, uh, have you read the, the Sandman series? Uh, yes. Yeah, there's so there's that one issue that is like, uh, th- that is like, that is Shakespeare. And it's like, it's like, oh, like, uh, d- 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 you know, uh, dream was actually responsible for a midsummer night's dream and like here's the story and i hated it so much like because i just hate (laughs) that stuff and like that that sort of thing of like here's the untold story and it's all like do you see how these connect and like i like the sandman series but like those that moment in particular uh, it just like drove me drove me crazy i remember talking to someone else who like just, like loved sandman and i was like it's like that didn't piss you off I'm like no and it's like god damn it <laughs> okay yeah no i'm i'm bringing some baggage in you're 100 percent right <laughs> yes you're right i i you know what i'm i'm this is probably on me i'm probably wrong here but like, <laughs> let shakespeare have credit for that don't make it some weird actual fairies came in and that was it was all the but god <laughs> Well, you 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 said it earlier. What what do we like? I mean, I know what people generally like about fantasy, but what what do what do we like from it? Because we have, I find that there's a lot of overlap in like fantasy and comedy uh, yeah. worlds, and I feel like it's because building rules and then playing. It's because fantasy novels are like dramatic versions of if this is true, then what else is true? I was just I was just gonna say exactly that. Yeah, like it's like okay, we're starting with like here. I think it's even more true in in sci-fi than than fantasy because like so you'll have whole sci-fi novels. It's like here's the rule, and now we're gonna go nuts with that. It's like here's the rule, and if that's true, this yeah. also has to be true, and then this also has to be true. A lot of I feel like fantasy sometimes can like you'll get a lot of fantasy novels that are just like you know, the, the Tolkien cliche machine, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, Oh cool. Elves. We all know the deal with elves. Right. Um, but, but, uh, I think like, especially when you come up when there's like a new fantasy novel, like I feel like fantasy nerds geek out about like magic systems, you know, cause it's yeah, like, yeah. that's like the thing that a lot of times a new fantasy book will introduce. It's like, ah, here's how the magic works in this particular world. And so you can see how, if that's the case, then, you know, like, yeah, if it works well, on that's... sympathy, then you need to have this other thing, which means you need to have the item. And that's a big deal. If you don't have those items. It's funny you mentioned it because I, I do find that the main differences between uh, all the like the fantasy series I really like is just like, how they address magic where like in King mm-hmm. killer Chronicles, it's like, is it real? Like in the, you know, like we're learning science, but there's something going on here in, in the um, stormlight archives. It's like, yeah. it's, there's something special. It's not necessarily magic, but people can harness it through good deeds or bad deeds. And then that's like a little confusing. And then, and then there's like the world of powers. And then there's like straight up D and D where people like know magic or they don't know magic. Yes. But, no one's surprised by magic ever either. You know what I mean? And then like my favorite, like the Joe Abercrombie books is like magic is not real. No one believes it. Every (laughs) once in a while, like a Bayaz character comes and you're like, this person is magical, right? And it's like this shark and everyone calls him a charlatan, but you as the reader goes, Oh, he's a wizard. Like it's funny that the, the POV of the book is infiltrating. Like you're reading it as like someone who would live in the world where you're like, 
immediately cynical towards magic. And I just think that's like such a fun way to look at all that. Totally. Yeah. My, my favorite, um, my favorite like concept for magic uh, that I've ever heard is actually from um, Warhammer 40k. And it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's the way that like, because like Warhammer 40k is like, okay, we took fan- the fantasy world and now we're in space and it's the future. It's this weird mashup. It's it's orcs in space, you know? Yeah, there's um, space marines, there's guns, tanks, and axes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like undead, but in space. It's orcs. It's, it's like you take, you know, the, all your your fantasy cliches and then you give them lasers. Yeah, you, you mix Starcraft and Warcraft and, yeah. and hope it works. <laughs> what a heady brew. What a delicious... <laughs> Um, but there's in in uh, Warhammer 40k the way that the like because like the, the whole look of the orcs in Warhammer 40k is like it's like it's like oh they're fucking idiots they just cobble together shit you know it's like oh their ships shouldn't work it's like boards on nail you know like rough rusty nails and boards and it's like this shouldn't fly through space and the idea is that orcs are like psychically imbued with with a power that is so strong that's basically like. If if they collectively, as a collective species, believe strong enough that something will work, they can psychically make it work. Um, so it's like it's absolutely a cop out, but it's also like this weird kind of comedy. Like there's a fun comedy to that of like, and like, oh, the way your magic works is just you're so stupid you don't realize it shouldn't work, and therefore you make it true. It's like that's kind of the kind of rules that, that it's like the hum. It's like the hummingbird analogy, right? That like uh, there's no way a hummingbird should be able to fly, but yeah, they don't know that or whatever. <laughs> that expression is it's like really funny to think of that is that is really fun i love something like that too because if you then read a shit ton of warhammer 40k books you're like when it's that complicated or that interesting it's like oh i'm curious what this author is going to do with their like with the orcs magic quote unquote this time around yeah how do you how do you complicate it yeah how how do you do because that's why even growing up, like the Marvel characters I always loved had like the vague superpowers where you could just be like, well, what exactly can Xavier do or what exactly? Oh, long shots just got good luck. Oh, how do you write that? That's yeah. fun. Like eye beams you get super strength you get. But then like these sort of weird ones, it's like he has con- like Bishop is very good with technology or whatever. And you're like, huh? It's like, yeah. Does, what, what does that, that mean? mean? <laughs> is that a superpower? Or did he just go to a technical college for a couple of years? Oh, Bishop graduated from ITT tech. So he's yeah. equivalent to Wolverine <laughs> the weapon X himself. Send me into battle. <laughs> I can I can I can program in Ruby. Uh sp- speaking of program, what programmed us uh, or people to love why do I love I'll just back it off people and just make it sure. me, but I'm pretty sure it's people. What do we love about adventuring parties, the X-Men sports teams? There's something about like everyone having a skill set and working together that has yeah. always appealed to me where it's like uh, easy wizard. It's like, yeah. you just stay out of the way of my lightning bolts. Like I love just, and then the X-Men is a great example. And then it gets to like sports teams where it's like the big, strong offensive lineman protects the very skilled running back, the very fast person from there. Or, or like, like heist movies where it's like, you yes! get your demolitions expert, you get yes! your acrobat. You get, it's like, it's like everyone has their specialized skill, but together we are like a, a greater whole. Even sort of like uh military action movies too, where it's like, I'm the sniper, I'm the hand-to-hand guy, I'm the uh, explosives expert, I'm the fucking gung-ho guy with the big gun. You know, like, I just always loved that differentiation amongst people. I think it's because, I mean, uh, 
to, to just throw something out there. Let's throw this and see if this makes sense. Like to me, like I think if you have a like Superman type character, they're you kind of have to work a little bit harder to make them uh, likable and to make them relatable. Cause it's like, it's like, Oh, here's this person who's good at fucking everything they do. They like, they can be the acrobat, the demolitions expert. Like they can do everything. They don't need anyone else. And it's like, well, fuck this guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm never going to be that person. Like I can't be good at 10 things. I can, I can maybe be good at one thing. So like put me in a group of people where, where we can, we're all really good at one thing. It's like, oh, I can aspire to do that. I can specialize well enough to like. <laughs> is to that like, what we like about heist movies? Is that we could imagine you could imagine being the twelfth person. You're like, <laughs> I'm actually kind of good at shit, talk, like talking shit. Like I could just stall. Like that's yeah, always. They like- already have twelve people trying to break into a bank. It's like let's get Trap in here. He's like he's kind of okay at Mario sometimes. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like he couldn't make a career of it, but you know, like he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you're right and th- there is something where it's there is a wish fulfillment which i think is also why uh marvel movies are hittings and like mo- and Har- and the harry potter books hit so mm-hmm. hard on assumedly like a pretty similar generation i think it's because the idea of Wait, no, you're actually just intrinsically good at some stuff. You just haven't figured it out yet. No, there's no hard work. <laughs> yeah. It's your family is magic. Like, it's that well, wish fulfillment of also- like, I wish I had superpowers. And it's because I wish I was special without any work, without yes. putting in the effort. Yeah. I so- think there's also something uh, where like, I think people like to categorize things, you know, like people like to um, and and people will like inherently like categorize other people. You know what I mean? Like right. there's a reason Harry Potter houses were like such a thing. Be like, what house are you in? Or it's like, oh, if I can just define myself by like some constraints, I can find a group of other people who are like me and and we can all get along and everything will be cool. And like, being able to be presented with like and like people do this you know it's like that's that's all astrology is and that's all like these briars briars what is that briars migs briars no no myers briggs myers briggs briars is ice wrong that's the ice cream on i gotta i gotta go i'm a i'm a cs uh v it's a chocolate strawberry vanilla um uh, How Neapolitan of you. Yeah. <laughs> but like all this stuff is just like, it's like a way of being like, hey, here's, here's an, op- you can check a box. Here's an option of a thing you can be. And once you, once someone can put you there, oh, you can be, you'll, you'll have a family forever. And there's something that I think is like deeply uh, human about that. Like it, it, that can be both used for, for good or ill, but is like yeah. it, that, that need to categorize is like, that's what drives every Buzzfeed quiz. You know, <laughs> I was just uh, all, along the same lines though. I think we're seeing it now too with fandom. Oh like, yeah. I feel like fandom is a way to inc- like create a personality uh, or not create a personality, but fandom is a shortcut to having a group of friends or likes and dislikes or where we all love Snyder. We all love this podcast. We all love that movie. And we get together and we scream about how much we love this movie or game, uh, GameStop stocks, like whatever, like whatever the thing is, there's something inherently at the end, at the bottom of it. That's just someone's happy to, to belong to the group. Yeah. And I feel it's, I think that's true. And it has that, like, it's like, that's also the 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 like 
the source of all like the shittiness of fandom too because it's like yes. cool like it's like oh i found a place where i can put myself in this category of like i am a star wars fan and i can be around other star wars fans oh and here's the thing that star wars fans likes and here's the jokes we can make and blah blah and you have this sort of built in community but then that also means like if there is an in-group, there by necessity has to be an out-group. And then you have all the gatekeepers who are there being like, are you a true Star Wars fan? Do and you then, really belong here? And like, that's where all the, and then, and then everything turns toxic. It's like, can't we just, like, can't you just enjoy liking the thing with a bunch of other people without feeling the need to be like, and you other people can't like this? Yeah, it sucks that the shit you liked went mainstream, but that's just a sign that the thing you liked was good. Like, yes. Like, <laughs> or at least was likable and more pop like that's the thing that bothers me too it's like oh nerd stuff i'm like no now i mean for lack of a better term if i was talking to someone from the 90s i would say did you know that jocks like star wars and comic books now <laughs> and you know what i mean like that's kind of what it is now it's like they're for everybody they're on yeah. disney plus they're on netflix they're uh the h- highest grossing movies of all time like they are not just for nerds anymore. I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, I'm a nerd. I don't, I still read comics. I don't even like the Marvel movies that much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I don't care that more people like them. I, the reason I have issues with so many people liking Marvel movies is because it's steering the entire taste of my favorite art form movies. Yes. <laughs> which God. is stressful in a way. Uh, but that is the main, like, for people who are fans, how can you get mad that it got popular? That's why you have a Falcon show. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you have a show starring two characters no one says is their favorite from the movies. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, I watched our, every our episode. Beast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Beast spinoff of like, you're, Kelsey Grammer's Beast is your favorite X-Men? <laughs> <laughs> it has to be Kelsey Grammer, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, fuck that Nicholas Holt guy. I'm here for the, <laughs> I'm here for the Frasier Beast. It's your boy Gabrus here to talk to you about underwear, specifically Mac Weldon, my longest running sponsors of High and Mighty, a product I have not stopped using for at least five years now. Sh- socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, and active shorts. Mac Weldon has it all. It the stuff looks great and it fits and performs well too. I'm a diehard underwear and socks guy from Mack Weldon and I dabble in the sweatpants uh, as well I have a couple of pairs of sweats but I wear exclusively Mack Weldon socks and I wear exclusively Mack Weldon underwear and, uh, yeah that's all you need to know and that's how much I like it and they got all different kinds of looks and styles 18 hour silver air knit dry knit whatevs they also have Weldon Blue a loyalty program gets level one gets you free shipping for life and Level two you get by spending $200, which gives you 20% off every order for the next year. Uh, also, if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. So get that free pair of underwear ASAP or restock your underwear in time for horny summer. Uh, for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash high and enter promo code high, H-I-G-H. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com slash high and enter promo code high. Do it. I'm with you on the movie stuff, too. I was thinking the other day, just like, 
how much I missed like the weird mid-level like like uh, I, where I really started thinking about it was was when um a couple months back I don't know when this is coming out so who knows however many months back when um uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Dude, Del Mar came I out. Was, I was, I'm practicing not cutting people off, obviously failing at it right now, but I'm practicing <laughs> not cutting people off. But I literally was going to say, I, Barb and Star did the same thing to my, okay, I'm, this is so fun, Trap. Keep yes, going, sorry. Great. Just, so, yeah, well, it was that thing where it was like, it was like, I, and some of it too is like, I've been writing stuff a little bit in that vein where it's like, I just want to write a pure comedy. Like, I'm, I have no, I have no, uh, like, grand message it's just like i literally wrote a pilot called two stupid idiots it's just like it, we're just fucking around we're, I'm, I'm packing it with as many jokes as i as i can and it's like it's just silly fun and that i i was sort of like uh, before i wrote it's it like i feel like we're maybe we're maybe primed to see a return of like airplane type movies of like a really goofy really like just pure silliness kind of thing and i sort of wonder if these if like a lot of these like streaming platforms are going to be the key, the way into those because they are kind of occupying that mid-level space of like, well, you can dump a lot of, mo- uh, you can dump some money in here to get like a recognizable star and let them do whatever the fuck they want and have something that's kind of cool. And it's not going to be this like big blowout Avengers 5 thing. And it's not the the super small indie that was made on a shoestring with like uh, some friends doing you some favors and maybe you'll buy them pizza. That like middle ground where it's like, that like that's where that's where all like the great comedy movies are. And like, I want right, to see no more of those. Right, because no huge budget comedies don't really exist. They don't exist, like, yeah. Or, or they don't, because like it's such a singular voice thing. Super micro budget comedies do exist, but don't get the play that you kind of need to enter the lexicon. And you You're always wind right. up with these like these these things of like where someone's being like, ah, this is a fantastic comedy. And it's like, is this a comedy? Yeah, like it's a little yeah. quirky. I don't know if it's a co- like I like the movie, but I wouldn't it wasn't. Yeah, all. I feel like people for uh older people who saw Napoleon Dynamite when it first came out. I think a lot of people saw that and was like, ah, yes, weird stuff is funny. And it's like, no, 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 not 100%. The sh- the, there's something funny about every choice they make in this movie. It's not yeah. purely. And Barb and Star is the perfect trap. I was screaming about Barb and Star to my wife right after we watched it. I'm like, this is the thing that we're missing in society yes. right now is that that exact tier. And don't even get me started on that tier of action movies. I miss mm. the 90s courtroom thriller, the 90s uh, Alex Cross, Morgan Freeman solving a crime. That level of movie where it's like, it's not a huge budget. It's not like we're, and but we got Morgan Freeman. It's a big book. He's going to stop a killer. Like the procedural movie is kind of gone. I mean, it's back, but now it's Marvel and Star Wars and it's replaced with like tentpole procedurals. But I I do, I do think that maybe like our Netflixes and HBO Maxes and all of these like stream platforms, I feel like as they get into an arms race, like they might start doing more of those types of movies. I hope they do at least because I don't know how else that's going to come back. It feels like I just read a book about uh, the making of Bonfire of the Vanities. Shout out the Devil's Candy. Uh, not a fantasy <laughs> novel, but a great book about the making of the movie. And they talk about that movie like broke Hollywood in a way where it was like, maybe we don't need to make so many million dollars. And it's like, we're inevitably going to have. And we're talking about so much stuff at the same time here, but I also want to throw on the pile. It's crazy that like our issues with cinema are sort of like the same issues with like, 
people in society. It's like things are either super low budget and people yeah. are either super poor or things are huge tentpole blockbusters slash or billionaires. A blanket statement a, that like a middle class in all things would be good. It would be good, nice to have a yes. middle class of movies. <laughs> yeah. it'd, be, it'd be great if like this is now just like wrapping another talking point into that, but just like. You know, I, I've talked with a, you know, a couple people over this past year about just like, oh, how the 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 vanished middle class of digital comedy, where like, because yes! like with with after the college humor layoffs and like, oh, I don't have a job here anymore, and like, if you look at all, if you look at like ten years ago ish, and like, oh, who who was making comedy online? It was like, oh, it's college humor, it's funny or die, it's the Onion, it's Cracked, and you could like rattle off all these like these these groups that were like. Like I didn't like that was that was my first pretty much only comedy job that I had. And it was like it's like, oh, like I was able to like wiggle my way in there just by sort of like, you know, right place, right time, like having an OK portfolio. But it's like, oh, we're it's so shoestring, you know, it, it is this like this middle ground where it's like more people are to take a chance. Yeah, more people take a chance on a new chances. person. Yeah. yeah. And like you don't have people taking ch- like you now have just like, oh, you have people doing podcasts and like comedy podcasts in their own house and running everything by themselves. And then you have like Conan O'Brien's podcast. And, yeah, exactly. Conan <laughs> O'Brien's coming on back. You know, it's like, God, like it'd be great if there was something. I have people some that like, I'll have, I'll have like my, someone will reach out through like college alumni network and be like, Hey, like how do you break into entertainment? It's like, I don't fucking know. It's like, you think I've broken in? Like I kind of have, I've done a thing, but like you can't do what I did. Cause those sites don't exist anymore. Like even the thing I did is like, which is like, that would have been hard enough to reproduce anyway. Is like, there's just that, that ladder is gone. It's not there anymore. It's crazy how our business is like every five years. It's like whoever broke in in the last five years, that is no longer a way to break in anymore. Absolutely. I used it's to like, say it's just like every five years, it's like, no, there's a fully new entrance into the club and you have to figure it out yourself. It's like it's Twitch now? Fuck, yeah, it's what like, am I doing? What do I have yeah, to buy? all the tech shit. I'm like, oh, I miss when it was just like, are you the funniest white guy in the group of eight white guys talking? <laughs> <laughs> That's the world I came up in where it was a little easier to shine. <laughs> for, yeah, when you, when you look at like an old army man uh, yeah. zine where it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, those you know, like million Simpsons writers hired from Army Man. It's like this like three page zine, which is like very funny and like full of legends, but also it's like, oh, cool, you can't do this anymore, right? No, I can't. That's put not out a way. A three page zine and like get hired somewhere because someone saw it and was like, that's a good joke. Yeah, now it's crazy. Like everyone's broke. Even this is like so inside baseball, but every once in a while, like a friend or someone I'm, I can, I'm with on, I follow on social media will post like the writer's room they're currently working in. Yeah. And there'll be like four people in the room that I didn't even ever think were writers. Uh And I'm like, Oh, that person who does front facing comedy videos on Twitter is also a network TV writer. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course they are. It's like, Oh, that's how they broke. That's how you break in now. That's the UCB team, the internet website, the, um, Twitter, even like having a good Twitter is not important. Like all these things that work for like these little cusps. (laughs) I was joking around with someone the other day. It was like, I was like, I, I feel like, uh, 
like I'm kind of active on Twitter. I try to put like, you know, like as many, you know, a couple jokes on there a couple times a week if I can. And definitely when I'm procrastinating, it's like, oh, it's Twitter time now. Yeah. But like, I, I feel like that, that line from the pilot of the Sopranos with Twitter, where it's like, it's like, you know, good to get on the ground floor, but I feel like lately I'm coming in at the end. It's like, yep. yeah, you can't get hired off of Twitter anymore. Like that was a thing five years ago, maybe that's not a thing anymore. Like you're, you could have the best Twitter in the world. It's like, oh yeah, this isn't, if just cause you could write a good joke doesn't mean you can write a good TV script. So we're not yeah. bothering with this shit anymore. Like, oh, yeah, well, and, oops. Yeah. It's also like, no, we're, we are, we're full of people from there already. It's like, all right, yeah. well, you got to break in in a new way. And then also in the comedy business, there's new ways to break in that don't even require the entertainment industry to look at you. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I can't just go to TikTok and get money directly from Pepsi. If I do like a Pepsi <laughs> fucking in, uh, influencer thing, I don't even need to wait to hear from someone to maybe put me on this comedy show. That'll get me hire me for this. Get, like, there's ways to like, for, feels like there's ways to forego all the mini steps. Now. I mean, there's always been yeah. people who just got picked up and blown up like are as long as entertainment has been around, but it feels like now there's like, it's more likely that you can go from like zero to way too fa- Like the fact that there's so many wildly famous 17 year olds. It's just like, <laughs> how long have you been put? You have not put in the time. You just physically I'm doing comedy for 17 me, years. You piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I graduated college 17 years ago. <laughs> I had <laughs> you I surpassed say, me uh, in one week. <laughs> I used to say, uh, when I was at college, I was like, it's like our, our business ch- model changes every single year, you know? And like, yeah. if you, and because just like the internet moves so quickly that like, and, and like to, to put it in context for people, it's like, okay, like, like I was at college humor for a long time. I was there in some capacity for about 10 years. And like, when I started there, uh, uh like, or for, I mean, first, like when college humor was founded, YouTube didn't exist yet. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like it breed, there were videos on college humor before YouTube was a thing. And like that was, and I remember when I started, it was this, there was like, it was gated for YouTube where it's like, okay, the video will come out on the site first. It'll be there for three days and then it will go on the YouTube channel uh, because you get like, it's like you got more ad revenue coming in when people visited the site than you did the cut from YouTube, but more people were watching on YouTube. So it's like, okay, we, we'll split the difference this way. And you just like watched it slowly be where like, oh, people only watch videos on YouTube. They won't go to any other player. They won't go to any other site. It's YouTube only. And it's like, okay, well, that slowly ships. And then like Facebook came in and it's like, oh, well now you got to like make videos for Facebook. And like, and then every other, so, and like, you're just constantly moving where it's like, what, where is the money coming from? Because it would just suddenly come from a different place. And it's like, well, I guess we now need to turn the whole fucking ship in that direction because that's where the money's coming from. Oh, and Uh, College Humor also, like, the money's coming from those different locations also for different things over times where it's it's like, yeah, this written article has an ad sold again. And then it's like, well, now we make videos and sell ads and hopefully we just get videos to go viral. It's like, now we make sponsored content yep. for direct <laughs> hire. Like, like you, and then eventually college humor went to, uh, the fucking subscription, subscription which was like the, uh, the other, the ad, like that was yep. the next thing. And then college humor went, to the next thing after that, which yes, is, <laughs> which is that that big that big old digital comedy platform in the sky. Yeah, the internet is moving a little too fast for everybody. God, it's crazy that sometimes I think about this and I I have to think about something else because it's just like a little too um uh like dark for me. Which is that like like my a good ch- like maybe five years of my career spent making comedy 
is gone, basically. Because it was like, because, you know, for a while, it's just like at the UCB, right? So it's just like, oh, it's just a live performance you put on like once or twice. It never goes on again. Maybe someone saw it. That's it. But it's not like there wasn't video of that. I can't show that. I'm, I have some of those scripts still. Not all of them are good, but like they, they like so that exists in that form. But you can't be like, here's this performance that's gone. And then for the like the first five years, essentially, that I was at College Humor, I was writing articles and I and and comics and things like that. And at some point, the College Humor site just it it ended and it started redirecting to the YouTube page. And it's like, I don't know where any of those articles. I've spent five years writing articles for the site. And it's just gone. I don't like. I wrote. I'm sure I wrote could, TV recaps for College Humor. You side. went to I fucking did, Dubai to eat. A I went pizza. to Dubai. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I gotta track that down. Good call, Trap. I'm gonna look yeah. that up. That's fun. like. I'm sure you can go to like the Wayback Machine or whatever and like dig some of that stuff up. But it was just like a very weird, unceremonious ending where it was like, like I was still working at College Humor. And I didn't realize they had made that change. Where it was just like, oh, it's just the site's gone now. Like I. I spent a lot of time writing stuff for that site. And like, again, most of it hasn't aged well or isn't that funny. But like, there's a couple things on there that's like, oh, it would have been nice to at least be able to to be like, oh, here's this thing I wrote and look at the metrics it got so I can at least tell someone like, yeah, this was like a very popular thing I wrote back in the day. Right, um, right, right. And uh, yeah, it's just very strange to go like, wow, a lot of my, a lot of the stuff I've done is kind of invisible. And then even more of it now is just, is just non-existent. Yeah, that's such a, you're, preaching to the choir with the exception for me of podcasts which yes. seem to like that's the first thing i've done that's like permanent permanent in a way it's like i've performed live thousands and thousands of times uh, never recorded i don't have any comedy specials taped yeah. everything i've ever booked is like one day on something or a web series for a platform that doesn't exist anymore or whatever. You know, like that's like everything God I've ever done. It's, so, <laughs> yeah. it's so fucking, you spend a, a little too long thinking about it. You'll just like, you go like, Oh, that thing I worked so hard to do. I get why like, people our age in who are still doing comedy get into like, I built a shed in my yard. Yeah. I understand why people like Eugene get into Muay Thai or I get into like, I understand why you get hobbies and stuff because thing. You, you just have nothing to show for your career in a way. Like, yeah, even the stuff that I've done recently you, that still exists yeah. is behind a paywall. Like, right. if I want to show people stuff I've made, it's like, I, I like, here's a link that was actually in front of the paywall. Here's one, it's just one episode of a bigger thing, but you can't really get a go look at it. And like, it's like, it's like, oh, here's like, the only thing that is readily available are the sketches I wrote that went on the YouTube channel over the past, which is like, admittedly, a good chunk of stuff, but like, there's also a lot of stuff that is isn't available. <laughs> yeah, and no idea how it would be available if it yeah. will be available. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, in the quarantine, um, fucking uh, Sanderson dropped another Stormlight archives. He dropped the I, fourth book, and I that, read it. I yeah, I um, too. I listened to it. Uh, I, I fucking. Th- those were my favorites when I, I I got into them like two years ago. I read the first. I got into them right before the third one came out because I like mm. read two and then was so happy to hear the third one was coming out like as I was wrapping up two. And it's, I loved the world building in those books so fucking mm. much for some reason. But I will say it's like slowing down for me as it gets like too, I guess I don't know what it is. Gabriel, it's like I'm characters very glad get too said, powerful. Yeah. I am, I am 100% with you. I, I'm always, I don't, I, I always hate like being, 
I don't generally like to be critical of other creators in general. It's like, it's like everything's hard. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to like, as I don't want to cast shade on on anyone. And this, so this is all coming from a place of love. It's like, it's like I feel okay saying this because I've read all his books. So yeah, far, and I will, you know, like, I will also finish the Stormlight Archives, which I think is he's got is like five five series, not five quintets. Is his full it's, it's, plan it's or an, something? It's an insane number of books, and every book is like fifteen hundred pages. Long, I know. You know? I don't like... even I, to doubt. It's so funny to listen to it on audiobook because you just like put it in your uh, Audible folder, and then you look at it, and it's like forty six hours. Of yeah. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's a full week's work I got to put in to this spot to just listen to a book. Uh, I, it's, it's longer. It was like eighty something hours too. I remember it was like insane. But oh, so let's talk. Let's talk about. Uh, not Dawn Shard. Is, what's uh, the name uh, of the most? The Rhythm of War. Rhythm of War, yes. Um, but there was Dawn, because he also came out with the, and this is another thing, he came out with that novella just before. So it's like he put out like a like a 1,700-page book and then was also like, ah, I still couldn't quite get all the story in I wanted. So I also published a separate 200-page novella that takes place between the events of book three and book four. And, and oh, at a certain fuck, point- I never read it because I- Got around to reading the Edge Dancer one, yeah. uh, the novella that he put out, and it was like so much overlap of shit I had already read in other, like it wasn't that new. So I was like, ah, just supplemental. But fuck, did I need to do that? There's shit that they talk about in Dawn Shard that, like, you can pick up from context in Rhythm of War. It's like, okay, like you're you're giving me enough context here that it's like, all right, I I kind of get what's going on. But there's stuff that happens in there. It's like, yeah, this seems like I should have known this before okay. I started reading Rhythm of War. Um, <laughs> Uh, which I only I started reading Rhythm of War and I was like, did I miss a book? And I was like, fuck, I did. Like he came up with this other little thing that he threw in there. Um, but this is all very round, a, a long way of saying that I do think that uh, I I always I feel very mixed on Sanderson um, because I think he does a really good job with world building. Like the stuff that he like the worlds he creates, they're very thoughtful. There's lots of details in them that are like, oh cool, like I can imagine. It has that sort of like around every corner's adventure feel of like, I'm going to tell you about this little country way over here. And like, yeah. you get all that. But uh, I I think like his, he can be a little simplistic with his character sometimes. And, uh, and, and he, I think he needs an editor. <laughs> like, he, like there's, they really are dragging. And like, I know that people get a big kick out of like a big hefty fantasy novel tome, but there are like whole chapters where it's like, well, we're just walking through Shadesmar again, the <laughs> yeah. weird parallel world where nothing interesting happens. And we're going to do that for 50 pages. It's like, because stop, they have to pace it there. Because they do that thing that Game of Thrones, uh, A Song of Ice and Fire suffered from at times too, where it's like the mm-hmm. switching of narrators is great for keeping, or and, and the storylines, great for keeping you interested and keeping you like, shit, I want to get around to another Jon Snow chapter. Yeah. But- you get stuck in some of these like shit. Well, they're not going to get back to the till the end of the to the shattered planes till the end of the book. So they have to be here in this world, and we have to kind of come into them every five chapters and be like, Adolin is here now, yeah. and he's waiting it's to hear f- back." Yeah, it's a full filler thing where it's like, "Oh yes, like they need to come back at the climax." So until that moment, they're just going to like sit around and shoot the shit for a while, and yeah. like. It's like, ah, God, no, I don't, this is story, this is stuff we don't need in here. Like, that shifting perspective thing works because, like, if you look at, um, 
at, at you know George R. R. Martin or um, or the Expanse books do the same thing where they do the shifting perspective perspective. But they work because every chapter ends on a cliffhanger. You know, like you end that chapter and you're like, oh, fuck. And like it keeps that momentum going. Yeah. And there, there are chapters in Stormlight Archives that it's like you, you end the chapter and it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then you, or you end the chapter and you're like, please let the next one beat Kaladin. Like yeah. you're like, and that's like, that's a bad sign when you're like, oh, fuck. I'm only really liking one of these storylines yeah. right now. And it's like, oh, I don't care about her. Get me to the next. I want to get back to the wind runners or whatever. I, I also, this is, I don't want this to turn into just me. Shitting. I, I I do think I liked Rhythm of War less than any of the other um, Stormlight Archive books that, that I've read. And uh, uh, part of it too is like, it's like, it's really hard to like, I think it's an interesting choice to make like Kaladin to make like one of your major characters. It's like, oh, he's struggling with depression. Like it's an interesting character choice to be like, oh, your, your big hero is dealing with depression. Like, okay, cool. Like that's a nice like way to kind of invert like the noble hero sort of archetype and stuff like that. It's also the nature of depression is such that it's really hard to read about and ingest. Like it's like, I, I it's very hard to find depictions of depression that are like not in and of themselves like depressing or it's like yeah yeah, it's a slog like it's like you feel hopeless and worthless and it you know like it's hard to pull yourself into any action but it's like if you have a character who's struggling to to be active then it's like well that that's a struggling character to read in a book because it's like i want you to take action and do something interesting but it's like that's what they're dealing with is like the challenge of trying to take action it's like well, okay, I'm here to support you, Kaladin, but like, I really like. Yeah, I mean, this book is like they're talking on PTSD, uh, split personality disorder, mm-hmm. depression. They're taking on so much in a fantasy novel that I'm just like, huh? Oh, and then there's also like, you know, racial relations is yeah. like kind of like a like or colonizer and um colony uh relations however you want like there's a lot of that he's playing with like a lot of big ideas but it is still wrapped up in like a little bit of mormon goofery yes yes (laughs) where it's like you're talking about a lot of heavy shit but like a woman still wears a glove on her hand like like the like and i like all the different cultures like that's a that's another fun thing that he's addressing and it's kind of a big swing too is that like the budding of heads of different cultures mm-hmm. even when they are bu- trying to join together to help each other and then it has the orders of the radiance which we love it's different skill sets it's different it's like, skill sets yeah, over. yeah, you got yeah your little like, boxes oh. like, do you have a big list at the end where you can tell me all the different powers and i can yep. get to learn all their <laughs> yeah. names and you, you know he's got an appendix you know he does i heard uh, someone one time describe that they basically said like reading a, a sanderson book is like uh, reading a video game. I do think that's a little accurate where it's <laughs> it like, is. like the way the magic works is often like, oh, I can kind of imagine this as like, there's a heads up display and I can see the line coming and here's the powers. And like yeah. <laughs> the lash yeah. yourself upwards two two up two down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look, it looks like my lashes are up four max right now. It's like, yeah. don't lash anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's something kind of like mathematical about it. And like, yeah, mechanical. yeah, yeah. Well, they, they do this sort of scientific approach to magic in those books too, that I, I kind of dig about it where it's like everyone that's studying magic is studying it from like a, a few people are arcane and weird. Mm-hmm. And then a few people are mystical and magic. And then a few 
there's magical creatures, obviously like Spren and stuff. But then everyone else who like deals with magic is exclusively talking about it like it's physics. And I kind of yes. <laughs> I like that part of the book too. I do I do enjoy a lot of like, well, here's how the Sprens actually work, and it's way too much information about how to make the sail ship work. And you're like, this is a lot of effort he's putting in here. <laughs> yeah, I will say here's the thing that I find a little frustrating about that though is because like there are moments where there will be like a lot of effort put into it. It's like, okay, look, I've established that the rule here is that this power can only pull, for instance, right? And it's like, okay, but you can, here's the loophole. Like if you pull this thing, then that means that you can have flight because you're actually pulling against the body, the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, cool. It's a clever way to take the rule you established and then like invert it in an interesting way. But I feel like, especially in this most recent book, there are a couple of instances where it's like a rule gets made up uh, or introduced like just before it's used. Um, I'm, I'm struggling to think of like a specific example now because it's been a couple months now since I read it. But like, there'll be times where it's like, it's like, oh, and like, it's like, oh, hey, like, did you know you can actually like unlock this special new power if this thing happens? Like, have you talked about this before? And it's like, yeah, not really. And there's like, a well, lot of like, here's how a Fabrial glove works. Uh, yeah. And you'll need this because this is going to be for the middle 25 yeah. chapters you're going to be using this <laughs> and it's something we learned about right now yeah yeah or like it's like oh this these uh this is a thing that affects everyone except for this one person for reasons we don't know and may, might not explain right now or like yeah it, it, it has some video game shit too where because those it is like well he hasn't gained another level yet yes, like there he hasn't is like another level when you gain a level in uh store in the stormlight archives you get way more power like truly you go up a level of radiance you're like I forget, they're called, they're even like tiered. It's like the second accord or the third something. Yeah, uh, I can't remember uh, what they're called. Yeah, virtue or, yeah, I'm blanking on it now. The, uh, say your second vows or your second yeah, virtue yeah. or whatever, whatever, whatever it's it is. it's very like, that shit is like as, as technical and specific as all the like, this is how a Fabrial glove works and blah, blah, blah. Then like a lot of times the stuff, it's like, oh, uh, here's how like, ascending to the you know saying the next words and having them be accepted is like this very vague and so yeah. like the combination of those two things it's like well you you're like do one or the other is sort of how i feel it's like either either go full harry potter make it so vague that it's just like yeah magic you just have to be good at it or <laughs> or make it like super technical but like when you have that mix of it it's like well i never quite know what the rules are i don't know where i stand yeah oh uh have you read any fantasy recently that you've in, enjoyed like oh well i've never read any of is sanderson also do like uh another book series right he does, he does the mistborn series which i've read the original trilogy but not the spin-off trilogy for that um and how is that i've never read mistborn i feel similarly about it um i think they're, they're one they're a little they're shorter like they're easier to get there's only three books i think it's like a super cool world super cool magic system like really like Lots of interesting ideas in there. And then like the characters are a little simplistic and you know, like it's, yeah. it's, I it's mean, easy I think reading, you know, I think that's a, a sort of genre wide uh, trope or complaint or like, it, I feel like frequently it is like a really cool world, but like every character is like, this is the guy who wants war. This is the guy who's trying to get laid. This is the yeah, woman who's, uh, trying to shatter the glass ceiling of Herodom. You know, like, there's a lot of, like, classic... Uh, cle and that's when I find fantasy. I'm like, nah, come on, guys. Yeah, I, I think that there is... Um, like, I, I do get a little... Um, 
like I'll still read it. Like I still, like you said, it's candy. Like I'll, it's like I like even as I recognize like this is junk food, I'm still enjoying it because yeah. I'm willing to forgive a lot if the world is interesting. Where it's right, like, I, I don't like not sugar su- daddies, but if they're yeah. in your bowl at your desk and you <laughs> offer me one, I'm like fuck it. It's better than not having a sugar daddy. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But I, I do think that that you could fi- like you can find you can still find stuff out there that is like doing interesting that that like are breaking those archetypes and are just like inventing whole worlds and stuff that are different from what you've seen um uh that is i'm trying to think like re, like I, this is only top of mind because i recently recommended it to someone else but it's a few years old at this point um but jonathan strange and mr norrell is a very like atypical fantasy book and it's one of my favorite books ever it's so good um uh but it like it takes place in in like 1800s england uh in in this idea that's like oh magic used to exist in that sort of like fairy tale kind of way and it doesn't anymore but there's still these sort of like there's still like a society of like magicians who are like they're kind of like like philosophers and like alchemists yeah. <laughs> basically it's like oh, we'll talk about the theory of magic and like this is where, like where the book opens is like that exists and then two dudes uh like two dudes separately across the country uh, across england show up who are who are able to cast actual magic. And it's like, nope, I can still do this. And it's just these two dudes left. And it's this kind of like alternate history thing. And, uh, and like the, the, the characters themselves are so interesting and cool. Cause it's like these, these two guys. And like, one is very much like, uh, I'm the only person who can do this. I am going to buy out. I'm going to buy every book of magic. I'm going to own a monopoly on magic. It's going to be just me. I'm going to define exactly how you do it. What's the proper way to do it. And the other guy is, a, is sort of like, yeah, I just kind of stumbled into it and I just sort of feel it out and I do it. I sort of feel <laughs> it in my gut. And uh, and so like there are very, very different approaches to magic, but because of the only two people in the world who can do this, they like, they're kind of bound together and it sort of follows their relationship as it's like going from like this mentor mentee to being rivals to kind of like having to reconcile. And, and it, it's this, it's beautifully written and uh if you're if you like you know like that kind of magic and world building stuff but you want something that is a little less like in your stereotypical like elves and swords it's a it's a lovely read oh for sure i just wrote that down jonathan strange and what and mr norrell and if if you if you want something a little shorter the same author just came out with a with a new book this past year it's only like 200 pages uh and it's just it's called piranesi and it's it's also just great. It's it's written and it was written I think before the pandemic, but the book has a lot about like uh ideas of like isolation and being trapped and like I don't want to give too much away because a lot of the the joy of the book is like you you start out and you're like you start reading the book and you're like what the fuck is happening? And like as you read it, you're like you it's like every page you get a little bit more information about like the world you're in and what's going on. Oh, and that's cool. It's it's a, it's a really fu- it's like a little it's like a fantasy mystery almost in the sense of like uh of of you and the protagonist are both figuring out what is going on with the world oh, they're in at the same fun. time. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I'll check that out for sure. Uh, the two books I have queued up for uh, my next fantasy reads are The Black Company, which is something that um, Jared uh, Logan, Logan, who is all yeah, who is also on uh, High Mighty Talking Fantasy Novels, recommended to me, and it's sort of about like a mercenary group and then there's another one called and i it's something kings of the wild or wild ones w-y-l-d and it's about like a badass group of heroes who are become popular 
like as heroes and it's about like their rise they become like a rock band like no oh, that's like so they fun. become like legends in the world <laughs> they pitched me he pitched me that and i was like oh i gotta read that and so those are <laughs> those are on deck for me next uh I, it's it's funny because like i you know when i was a kid i i i, I read a lot and i love i still read a lot and i i i took a lot of it and my brother was always like he's like a little broier than me and, and was sort of like you know like i don't need to read like what's this shit and uh, I, but he also liked fantasy stuff. Like he played a lot of like Final Fantasy, and he would watch the Lord of the Rings movies and stuff. He just didn't like to read, like the act of reading itself. He wasn't into it. Um, it's boring. Yeah, <laughs> he's right. <laughs> no, you're transported. It's another world, Gabriel. <laughs> uh, but he had a he had a kid a couple of years ago, and I suddenly got a text from him that was just like, "You need to give me book recommendations," because he was like. I'm is like I she won't go to sleep unless I'm holding her and the lights need to be out so I need to do something but I need to be able to I can't put in headphones because I need to be able to hear in case she's doing something so it's like I need something that I can do in the dark uh without making a lot of sound and if I have my iPad I can turn the brightness down and I can just read a book like quietly while while I try to like put her put her to sleep and oh shit it became like and uh uh uh, name of the wind became like a a, a moment where because we, we never really got along that great it became a kind of like bonding moment real quick it was like it was like I, it's like i know you it's like i just read this name of the wind it's great you'll love it too and this was like 10 years ago or whatever i was like uh book two just came out and book three is on the way any moment it still hasn't <laughs> and, it still and hasn't now come he's out. furious at me because he like he loved the first two books and he's like when is this third book coming out it's like i don't know i'm sorry i know i said I it was gonna come out soon but i, I don't know love I love Name of the Wind. Name of the Wind uh, is so good. It's really good. Talk about world building and slow leak of information like you were talking yes. about. Like you just learn like the pace that you learn about the world that they live in through like it's just so fun. I want to re-listen to those two books right when I when the th date for the third one is announced, that's gonna Same. be my thing. Is I'm gonna re-listen to the first two. Cause I King Killer Chronicles, I think yes. is the uh, but that so frequently the books end up being called by their first uh yes. issue game of thrones uh uh stormlight archives i guess people call stormlight archives because the names are so disparate but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh the king killer chronicles it's like an arabian nights kind of format where someone's telling stories in a bar and you're fucking like it's it's harry potter kind of in a fantasy like in a sort you have of that magic school element like it's like i'm going yes. to school for magic yeah yeah you have like the train the academy that you train at but it's like if the character was the class clown or the like the most annoying kid is like the main character kavothe or however you would say yeah kavoth both, I think it's it's always funny whenever like uh, King Killer Chronicles has this, as does I think like the fifth book of Harry Potter, where like you need to have a character talking to the main character to be like, how the fuck do you pronounce your name anyway? And like becomes yeah, a part yeah. of the book where they're like, okay, it's pronounced like quoth, but you pronounce the V. It's like this yeah. is just for the readers. This isn't yeah. for this character. Well, that um, that was me. I read all the Harry Potter books, saw the movie in the theater, uh, saw eventually saw like one of the movies way down the road, and I'm like. Oh, oh, Hermione? Not, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was way off. <laughs> Samsonite, <Yeah. laughs> I was way off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do, are there any other fantasy fantasy shit that we should be... I Have you done The Wheel of Time? I did like the first few books and dug it, but the, there's too many for me to be. I'm like overwhelmed by it. 
It's too much. Yeah, I, I haven't done the Wheel of Time stuff. Uh, I've done, let's see, recently I did the, the Broken Earth uh, trilogy by N.K. Jemisin, and that's super cool. Fuck yeah. I I read the first book and absolutely loved it. Kind yeah. of lost steam in the second book for me, but I intent, I I didn't give myself a fair, I have to, like, we talked about this on Action Boys actually kind of recently, but you have to give yourself like X amount of time with a book or an audiobook when you start it. Cause like if you don't give yourself the right first session, yes. you might never kind of like shit. I need, to, I need to just do the whole walk up again. Like, yeah, you, just you kinda can't like, you can't start it when it's like midnight and you're like about to go to bed and be like, Oh, I'll start a new book. And you're like half asleep already. And yeah, like, yeah, try to keep, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'll throw this audiobook on for this six minute drive to the grocery <laughs> store rather than like, and you're like, Oh, I never None really caught sticks. on. Yeah. Yeah. But that, those books were, um, that book was amazing. And also Mark Rennie described it as like, uh, there are not white people and not straight people like yes. instantly in that book. It's, and not you're only- like, not only are there not white people, there's like, it's like none of them, none of the characters are white. You know, it's yeah. just like a world that is It's like you like this is just you're not a part of this. It's like, OK, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's completely reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking. And that one has like an interesting world of magic and how magic works in that world, too. It has, fucking- yeah. And I, I also like I uh, what I think is so interesting about it is this idea of like that the the like empowered group like the group that has like magic powers are the also the oppressed group um yeah. which is like it's like oh yeah like you are it's like that makes sense it's like you're a, you're a, a powerful group people will fear you there's like you have a lot of power but you're there's not as many of you and if there are societal structures in place to oppose you and oppress you then then like they will do that uh and it's like it's it's a it's like a really feels like a very real look at how like societal oppression works. Like yeah, despite yeah. like <laughs> the powers that we like, even just like like if it's like it a pure metaphor. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, you have things you can do, but like if the whole world is against you, like you're fucked. Yeah, it is one of those books where it's like it's an also an allegory for classism or racism. Yes. <laughs> obviously, uh, uh, also, and I'm not trying to spoil anything in book one, but book one like ends in a way where it reveals something that's been going on the whole time that you didn't like yeah. and like unfold something where you were like whole like truly surprising ending but yeah. also not like a complete just random left turn you're like oh how did i not it's fucking cool it's yes yeah for sure <laughs> um the uh have you read any of uh china mieville's books no uh he does he he like classifies himself as like weird fiction um uh so because like he doesn't do as much he doesn't really do like high fantasy it's sort of like this it's you know it's its own stuff that is like some of it's sci-fi some of it is like fantastic the closest like fantasy one is his like new crobazone series the first book is pretty to street station Uh, i people i i know people have are like a little hit and miss on him because he can be like a little verbose and a lot of his stories, you need to get like a hundred pages in before it's like, now I'm into it. You now know? I know. Like, now we're meeting the main character. Yeah. Exactly. Or <laughs> more just like, oh, here's the hook of it. It just like took yeah. a little while to get there. But uh, what I really love about his books, talking about that, like if this, then what kind of thing is like he starts at like level crazy and then pushes it three more things, you oh, know, cool, where it's cool. like. Like my favorite of his books is is the city in the city and like the opening premise. It's like 
page one, like this is what you're getting is like, okay, there exists on Earth, there's a place where two cities coexist with each other, but it's not that they're like bordering cities, it's that they occupy the same physical space. And not in like a weird parallel dimension kind of way, but like in a cultural way. So like if you like it's like oh in this city like the houses are built with red roofs and in this city the houses uh you know have this architectural style and but they one, might be on the same block and they might what, be they might be right next to each other and just the citizens of, of each city has have agreed that like you don't acknowledge the other city you don't talk to the other city you are like we are two different cities and so like if you see someone from the other city you don't talk to them because you're not in their city and there is like it, a, a, an access point where you can like cross into the other city and then you're in the other city and you can talk with them and oh, stuff. And, fun, and it's fun. like a crime to interact with the other city, even though it's like right next to them. And beyond just a crime, like people don't do it. It's like, yeah, you, that would be impossible. You would never right, yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, that's the baseline reality. That's what you start with. Yeah. And then like on top and of that. And here's like, the twist. <laughs> yeah. And then, it's like, and then the twist is there was a murder and the murder took place as like a citizen of one city in the other city. It's like, how could this be possible? It's like, well, physically it's possible, but like it shouldn't be possible because of how it works. And then like on top of that, like halfway through the book, it's like, there might be a third city that not, <laughs> the first two cities aren't even talking about. And it's like, the, the, it like, it always starts, it starts at crazy town and it just expects you to swim. And then it goes to crazyopolis. And it's like, awesome. if you like watching things just like, it's just, but it's always logical. It always follows the rules. So like, if you like that, like, if this is true, what else is true? A lot of his books do that thing where it's like, all right, it's like, I'm in for something weird here, but it's probably going to be a fun time. It's called city in a city. The city and the city, yeah. The city and the city. That's really <laughs> sex and the sex on yeah. HBO. <laughs> we just we just use the part that people like. <laughs> Enough of this city bullshit. I'm yeah. here for the sex. Give me Kim Cattrall only. Uh, all Samantha, all the time. Trap for Samanthas. <laughs> for Samanthas. Yeah, that is like kind of like my idea for a TV show. Uh, two dumb idiots for Samanthas. Uh, <laughs> Trap, thanks so much for coming on High and Mighty, man. I can't believe it's been this long since I had you on. It's fucking hey, nuts. Hey, I, I could talk about bullshit all day long. I'm very well, happy to be here. Now we have an email chain with, we we owe each other. You you have to explain to me the hedonic treadmill. Yes. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners are like, thank God uh, this is the end of the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unpacking the hedonic treadmill <laughs> after an hour and a half of talking about fucking fantasy now, novels. Yeah, let me talk about the magic system. Let me talk about what does it mean to be happy? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you think Kaladin's depressed? Well, yeah. try not. I'm not even a fucking windrunner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where can people find you? And also, uh, um, this episode should come out at least in the next few weeks. So okay. let's uh, people can get on that fucking I'm um, actually Kickstarter. Yeah, maybe uh, if it's if it's soon enough. So yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike W Trap. I'm on Instagram at the same place, but I don't post on Instagram a lot. And when I do, it's mostly cat photos, hiking pictures, <laughs> and pictures of food that I made. Uh, I do no comedy on Instagram. So if you you're, that's what you want, that's the place to go for it. But I'm not there that often. <laughs> you're, you're, so you're saying openly you're basic on Instagram. I'm extremely basic on Instagram. I mean, the actors, <laughs> there's even a point where where someone's like, hey, we, we, like, do you want to like try to get like verified on Instagram? It's like, absolutely not. That's where I'm just me being, it's like my absolute low stakes, like just, yeah. here's my cat. 291 likes on a picture of your exactly. cat with a blue check next to it. You're like, what am I, what is this for? Yeah. Um, uh, and then, yeah, you can watch, uh, you can watch 
my show um actually uh, at i think it's youtube.com slash ch2 because it just it, we repurposed the old the spin-off college humor site <laughs> i don't oh. think um actually goes there i think it's just, <laughs> or google it you know how google works uh and yeah we we also just recently no launched- one we i talk about this a lot it always happens on podcasts where you're like no one is writing the URL down yeah. while they're listening. You can't right? click <laughs> my voice. This is no good. Like <laughs> it'll be, it'll be in the show notes. Will be some link to um actually, and we'll t- uh, t- it'll be in the tweet thread of, of posting this. It's yeah, but, but find Don't. it. It's called um actually. Uh, it's a very fun show. It's nerd Jeopardy where yeah. you say something wrong, and people have to, you say a statement with something that's wrong in it, and someone has to correct you with. Um, yes, we to go back to the the old fandom conversation we were having. It takes like the worst uh to the worst habits of fandom and, and rewards it. Rewards it. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I play the punching bag. I'm the I'm out yes. there to be to be to be beaten on by by the my guests that I have invited on. Uh, um, but also, you guys are making an official board game out of Um Actually. That's right. We we launched a Kickstarter uh, to to for a play at home Um Actually game, and uh, it will uh, it concludes early June. So I don't know when this will come out, but um, yeah. if if that sounds like something that you want to play with your friends, if you want to play the play at home game, our Kickstarter is up there. You can try to you can you can get a, a game to play with yourself with my horrific oddly touched up photo uh, a face of my face on it uh, really deeply horrifying version of my face on the, the front. uncanny valley trap it's a, uh, it's a real like plastic man uh, Ken doll doppelganger thing going on there that what's the uh, what's the Tom Hanks Zemeckis uh, the polar it's the polar yes, express. it's a real polar express version of my face that is like this and it's on every side of the box it's, it's fucking I like I, we, I had a conversation with with uh, you know with with Sam at College Humor and, and the game so I was like, I really don't want to put my face on this thing. It's like, can we just like, can we make it like a cool box that just has like a cool logo on it? It's like a nice under, it would look great on your mantle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of bullshit. It's like, just give it like a cool logo. And it was like, it's like, no, because like people want, like people want, like want to see you. They want to see that you're affiliated with it, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I, ultimately, I, like, I didn't care enough to fight it. But then it was shocking when I saw that image. I was like, whoa, God, I'm, I'm yeah, you're like, Oh, no, there's too much of it. I, I, I knew I'm, I shouldn't have agreed to this. I'm Fuck everywhere. Me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go to Kickstarter. Um, go to Kickstarter. Search for um, actually. Um, yeah. And if yeah. this is after if this comes out after the Kickstarter's over, Stick around and buy a board game when it comes out. Yeah, <laughs> buy, it'll buy come out later. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get it out there. We'll, we'll find a way to get it to your hands. But check out I'm Actually uh, and reply to the tweet about this episode with uh, any fantasy no- any fantasy novels you guys, are, you people are reading, you people, <laughs> that yous are reading out there. I'm trying to break guys out of my fucking yeah. uh, dialogue. Dudes and guys, I can't stop. I've, uh, I've adopted y'all for sure. I've adopt. I'm trying to adopt yous because mm. y'all feels inauthentic as a New Yorker. I feel f- like stolen Southern Valor, <laughs> so I just I'm I'm bringing back yous, which is maybe way worse, but it's like it's vosotros. It's like the Spanish, uh, the way like the royal you. It works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yous can buy the game, and yous can respond to the uh, tweets. With the fantasy novels you yous have read recently and enjoyed, uh, let us know. Give us some recos. I'm always down to hear what bullshit. It's a large enough world that someone's like, oh, I can't believe you haven't read this book from 1986 that totally. like only me and my friends read, and it is good or whatever. I'm. Let me know. I'm. I, I got a long 
list of books to read over the course of my life. So keep them coming. <laughs> I will die before I read all the books I want to read. Yeah, for sure. I I have a stack of books here on my desk with a t-shirt on top of it. Like it's got laundry on top of books. That's how long I won't even get to those till I get to doing my laundry, which God knows when that is. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got my long like library. I do read, read a lot of like digital books from the library and it's just like this endless scrolling list. And it is just like, I look at it sometimes and it's like, I will die. I will not. There's I, there's not enough hours in a lifetime to read all the books I will want to read. So I, I get, uh, fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then you get like your black mirror death where like you have your Kindle in death, but it's yeah. like, there's no charge or whatever. <laughs> no, there was time <laughs> you have all enough. the time in the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming on trap. I'm at Gabrus on everything. Check out action boys and Gino season three coming to Stitcher premium soon, wherever you get podcasts, baby. Bye, Bye, shitheads. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Hell yeah. Cutting audio. I am also going to cut my audio. That was a HeadGum Podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. (laughs) It's actually, it's got a lot of heart. Immensely irregular. (laughs) Now, somewhere... Somehow, someone's going to pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. There's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam. 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 There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.